0: You're listening to the American Journal of Parenatology podcast, hosted by Dr. Bill Goodnight and Dr. Chris Robinson. Each month, we take an in-depth look at a paper published in the American Journal of Parenatology.
1: Today, it is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Joanne Stone. Dr. Stone is the current postgraduate course chair for the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine annual meeting, the pregnancy meeting. She is joining us today on behalf of the other members of the program committee for the 2016 meeting. The program committee consists of Dr. Sean Blackwell, the program chair, Dr. Bob Silver, the poster chair, Dr. Joanne Stone, the postgraduate course chair, and Dr. Lorraine Dugoff, the scientific forums chair. This year's meeting will be held in Atlanta, Georgia, and runs from February 1st through the 6th, 2016. As in prior years, the Pregnancy Meeting is the annual scientific meeting for the Society for Maternal-Fetal Medicine and brings together an international gathering of experts in high-risk pregnancy care. During this meeting, innovative research and insightful expert advice are shared among those who provide care for women in their pregnancies. One of the highlights of the meeting are the oral and posterior research sessions where current research in high-risk pregnancy is presented. Prior to this section of the meeting, attendees have the opportunity to participate in several educational programs including postgraduate courses, workshops, and symposia from topics ranging from hypertension and pregnancy to genetics to business management. These programs are all led by experts in these fields and are well known to most people in maternal fetal medicine and in high-risk obstetrics. It is my pleasure today to welcome Dr. Joanne Stone um, to review some of the highlights of the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine 36th Annual, the Pregnancy Meeting. Dr. Stone, thank you very much again for joining us this year as we preview the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine Annual Meeting, the Pregnancy Meeting.
2: Thank you so much for inviting me to speak.
1: I know that you and the other members of the Program Committee have spent the last year or two working very hard for this meeting, and I think today we'd like to highlight some of the courses outside of the scientific sessions.
2: That's perfect. There are so many fantastic courses, different events that people can go to. I have to say this meeting is absolutely packed with great speakers, great talks, and a whole variety of items that are of great interest to so many different people.
1: As most of the attendees know, the first three days of the meeting on Monday through Wednesday are full of the SMFM postgraduate courses. These cover a wide range of topics. What are some of the courses that have been very well reviewed in the past and real popular in the past that are returning this year?
2: So one of the ones that are always really well attended are the medical complications. So that's going to take place on Wednesday. That's a day that I think so many people arrive, so we wanted to put that popular course on a day that a lot of people are around. So that's going to be fantastic. I think the genetics course is always also so well received, and Ron Wapner is one of the course directors for that course. So much is new with genetics. I think everybody is constantly spinning and will be very excited to get his take on things. Interestingly, this year, Fetal Echo is going to be a combined course that's sponsored by both ISHWAG as well as SMFM, and that's going to be a fantastic course. It will also be live-streamed, so if you aren't attending the meeting, you could actually see it on a live stream, so that's very new this year, so that will be terrific as well. Patient safety is always another topic that interests everyone, so that's a new course that's being offered additionally.
1: There's a big push or a real popular kind of learning opportunity now and a big focus both in teaching rare cases and rare procedures as well as improving quality and safety are simulation courses. What types of simulation-based courses are available this year?
2: So we have one simulation on ultrasound procedures, which I think is so important. You know, with the advent of non invasive prenatal screening tests, there's been a bit of a decline in people learning to do CVS, for example. So the ultrasound-guided procedures will be terrific. And then the other, the critical care simulation, which is always extremely well-attended as well.
1: So it looks like we are working to put the M back in MFM as well as the O back in obstetrics. <laughs>
2: uh, what
1: what, what is of
2: So... Putting the O in MFM, I don't really know where O fits in there, but, but the whole idea is talking about basic clinical obstetrics. I mean, I think for the majority of people that attend, they're practicing clinicians. And so focusing on things like forceps deliveries and what happens on the labor floor and field heart rate tracings, I think is incredibly important in a course on maternal field medicine. So um, we're very excited about that course. Putting the M back in MFM, I think, is quite interesting because over the last few years, there's this focus on sort of maternal health and reducing maternal morbidity. And this year, there'll be presentations by three different committees that focus on education as well as clinical outcomes and research. So that should be quite exciting as well. I also want to just highlight another course that's completely new this year. That's going to be sort of a later afternoon session on Wednesday, and it's being given by Nala Kalik. And it's really about medical education. You know, there's a lot of people that are involved with teaching all the time, medical students, residents, and just people that give lectures. And this is sort of exploring new applications for medical education in maternal field medicine and really talking about different training and different styles of teaching and how to better communicate. So I think that's going to be quite interesting. One more course I wanted to mention, which I think is going to be quite amazing, is spearheaded by the two editors-in-chief of American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, uh, Roberta Romero and Ingrid Nygaard, and they're doing a full-day course on how to write a paper. And the speaker list is phenomenal. It's really experts who conduct research. Twelve different speakers, you know, very well respected and well-known. And it's really a course on how to write a paper. So I think this is something certainly that fellows will get something out of more junior attendings and really anybody that's involved with doing research and writing.
1: That's fantastic. It sounds like we have a good slate of basic maternal medical complications in pregnancy, obstetric right. complications in pregnancy, and research kind of opportunities in these postgrad courses. Are there opportunities for other courses in maternal fetal medicine practice management and organization?
2: I guess a few different things. One is just in terms of clinical practice, there's an ultrasound course that deals with something that everybody deals with on a daily basis, which is fetal anomalies. So it goes into the embryologic basis of fetal anomalies as well as management and differential diagnoses.
1: So it looks like there are two courses that deal a little bit with how doctors present themselves to either their patients or community or to the media. These both look like they're fairly new courses. Can you comment on those courses?
2: Yes, we thought it was really important. Uh, One of the courses is talking more about how to speak with reporters and the media. Josh Capel is running that one. And the other one I think is also these days is very relevant, which is a course on more social media and how to use that to enhance your practice. So how to use Twitter and send tweets out, when it's appropriate to use social media, how to communicate with patients, sort of ethics behind it as well. And I think people will learn a lot. There's so many new applications, apps throughout there that patients use and that physicians can have access to that can improve their practice management as well as communication with patients.
1: So Thursday and Friday, there are several luncheon roundtables. How are these unique from the postgraduate courses? What are some of the great things that you can get at these luncheon roundtables, and what are some of the topics?
2: So the idea of the luncheon roundtables is that it's an hour where you can just bring your lunch in and listen to great speakers. So it's just sort of added didactics, especially a lot of times people can't be there for a full week. So if they weren't there for the postgraduate courses and they're there for the scientific session, they can still get some of those didactics. So again, there's something on genetics. Lorraine Duboff is speaking on microarray and selfie DNA. There'll be a debate, which is new this year, on the use of pharmacologic prophylaxis in obstetrical patients. Aaron Coy will also talk about periviability, which is important because there was a new release from ACOG about that. This is also where the ABOG SMFM lecture was moved to. So Dr. Charlie Lockwood will be giving a talk on how MFM practice can survive in coming healthcare revolution. And I think this is something that clearly is going to impact everybody in the future. You know, healthcare is changing so much, we all know. So hearing his perspective on it will be quite fascinating. There's also going to be a sort of cool one on hot and trendy topics, things that patients always ask about. So we put in there cord blood banking, the vaginal microbiome, placental capsules and how you respond to this and what's the real scientific data behind some of these things that we hear all the time from our patients. So I think that's going to be a pretty interesting
1: lecture as well. Are these lectures or are these more informal kind of talks or question and answer?
2: It's lecture-based but certainly more informal with the opportunity for attendees to ask questions in a more informal setting.
1: So Wednesday afternoon looks chock full of several scientific forums. Can you describe the purpose and the goals of the scientific forums? Who would be interested in attending these? How do these differ than the postgraduate courses?
2: So the scientific forums last for about two hours, and the great thing about it is they're free. So there's no cost to it and you know you can also move in between from one to another so it's the idea that you can identify areas that you're interested in so there's always one on diabetes or global health and you could sort of attend those areas that really interest you and if you want to move from one to another I think I counted 18 in there so it's a record number this year and it's in the sort of late afternoon on Wednesday so hopefully people that are arriving on Wednesday will be able to run in and catch those scientific forms they're always so well attended. I mean, I went around last year into each room, and I think every room was packed.
1: Fantastic. Typically on Friday evening has been the late-breaking research presentations. I hear that's moved times so that we can get a larger audience. That's correct. Often Friday afternoons,
2: the late-breaking abstract wasn't so well-attended. I think it wasn't sort of so clear where it was, when it was. We felt that it was so important that we moved it to the end of the fellow plenary session on Friday morning. So there will be two abstracts that will be presented at that time.
1: So what are some of the other new and exciting additions to the program this year?
2: One thing I think that's terrific is that we increased the number of oral talks from 86 to now 115. I think people really love listening to the oral talks and the oral presentations. It's great to go around and see the posters that you're interested in, but I think it's also really great to sit down and hear the presenter give a talk in a more formal way. We're thrilled that we were able to accomplish that. We also added a specific whole session on randomized controlled trials, so I think that's going to be great. We also organize one of the sessions more into basic science. So if you're a real basic science researcher, you can go to that one whole session. And if you're not so interested in basic science, you can sort of skip over those and go to the others. So organizing that in that way will be terrific. There's also a new session on field diagnosis and therapy. So that will be very well attended. Some of the other things that are sort of new, both on Tuesday and Wednesday night, there's dinner symposium, which are sponsored dinners, but with fabulous lectures and speakers. So one is Baha talking early pre preeclampsia, and the other is Michael Paytas talking about thrombosis and hemostasis. So, I mean, that's really something quite different.
1: A specific group I think that really gains a lot from the pregnancy meeting are our maternal fetal medicine fellows. What are some of the highlights specifically for the MFM fellows at this year's meeting?
2: Every year, the Pregnancy Foundation sponsors a first-year fellows retreat, where the fellows spend two to three days together with various faculty, and they really bond at this retreat that 100 fellows from across the country, every first-year fellow usually attends. And this year, there's going to be a sort of alumni retreat for second- and third-year fellows. It will be on Friday night from 530 to 730, and there'll be a focus on what's happening during their second year, and then for the third years, what their plans are, how you plan for your post fellowship job, you know, your first real job, I think it's going to be great to bring the fellows together. They'll be happy to see each other as well as have a real sort of working session at the same time. Again, the course I mentioned about how to write a paper will be of unique interest to the fellows as well.
1: Sounds like an amazingly full program. (laughs) Are there other highlights that we've missed?
2: I want to mention just a few, couple more things. There is a talk on Tuesday between 5.30 and 7.30 on the Human Placental Project. So that's new for this year. There's also resident forum as well, which is new. And then, this isn't new, but this is the second year we'll be doing this. We'll be, again, having yoga classes being offered twice a day throughout the week. And that was wonderfully received. And we'll also be doing the 5K run and walk on Saturday morning as well. And that's through the Pregnancy Foundation.
1: Well, Dr. Stone, it sounds like you and the rest of your program committee have done another fantastic job. I know we're all looking forward to this year's pregnancy meeting. Thank you very much again for joining us today.
2: Thank you so much, and I hope
0: that everybody can attend. That was the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. Thank you for listening. To find out more and to read this month's highlighted paper, go to www.tima.com forward slash AJP or check out our Facebook page at facebook.com AMJParanatology. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes and join us next month when we will discuss another paper from the pages of the American Journal of Paranatology.